Netflix. From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Good Friday evening to you. It's an honor to be with you. I'm your host this evening, Jody Heiss. I'm the Senior Advisor to the President here of the Family Research Council and an honor to be behind the chair this evening. We've got a tremendous program lined up for you, and we're honored to have you on board with us. The House of Representatives narrowly passed the National Defense Authorization Act this morning. Today was an important victory for our men and women in uniform who risked their lives to keep us safe. And it was also an important victory for every American in this country that wants to see our military focused on our enemies abroad, not on wokeness and all of the indoctrination attempts you're seeing within the Pentagon. And of course, that was House Majority Leader Steve Scalise during a press conference uh, following the 219 to 210 vote. It was pretty close. The defense funding bill, though, did include many Republican amendments that are aimed at ridding our military of all the social experiments that are distracting our military from being the most effective fighting force in the world. We'll be discussing that with Congressman Matt Rosendale here momentarily. And there are many who believe that today's NDAA uh, vote actually reflects a change that is taking place in Washington and a opportunity to course correct the misguided efforts of the Biden administration to, uh, that are pushing our men and women in uniform in a woke direction. The Biden administration has made it routine for a long time now to ignore existing law and the will of the people to push their woke social agenda in whichever way they see fit. Uh, yesterday, we pushed back. Yesterday, we stopped some of that. How encouraging. They did push back. They did stop some of it. That was Congressman Ronnie Jackson from Texas, whose amendment in the NDAA put a stop to the defense secretary's unlawful abortion policy. So we'll be discussing a major shift that we're witnessing with Pennsylvania Congressman and House Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry, who himself, by the way, for over three decades has service in our military. And speaking of pushback against the left's social agenda, the American Library Association appointed a lesbian Marxist to head their organization. Well, that has led at least one state library commission to say, we're out of here. Question is, is there going to be a continuing trend of that across the nation as we are watching radical national organizing bodies sprint further and further to the left. Well, we'll be discussing more of that with FRC's Meg Kilgannon a little bit later. And last night, the Louisiana state legislature voted to return next week for a very rare veto override session. Lawmakers there are going to attempt to override Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, who literally defied his state legislature by vetoing a popular bipartisan bill to protect children from transgender surgeries and gender mutilation and sterilization. Of course, that would be popular, but the governor vetoed it. Family uh, Forum President from Louisiana, Gene Mills, will join me to discuss how we can get this bill across the finish line. So we've got a packed packed program lined up for you this evening. Don't forget our website is TonyPerkins.com. There are tons of resources there for you that you will want to take advantage of. Again, TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's get underway. As I mentioned just a few moments ago, earlier today, the House of Representatives passed the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. But this go-round, it included all sorts of very good positive amendments to help return the military's focus from a social experimentation that the Biden administration is turning it into to actually being capable of winning wars and defending our country in a time of rising threats. The left, however, continues to accuse Republicans of injecting culture wars into this and it's a, this is really a bipartisan exercise, but the left will continue their uh, messaging the other way. It is woefully irresponsible 
that extreme MAGA Republicans have hijacked a bipartisan bill that is essential to our national security and taken it over and weaponized it in order to jam their extreme right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people. All right, friends, we absolutely cannot let that kind of irresponsible statement go unchecked. Uh, this is uh, this message that he just gave is really being parroted through the legacy media, uh, and it is ignoring how the Biden administration is the ones who have injected an agenda of the left into our military. They have injected gender experimentation, CRT, DEI initiatives, illegal abortion funding, so-called green energy boondoggles, all sorts of things they have injected into the military. And we have a Congress now that's standing up and pushing back. But that's what the Biden administration wants, a military that's woke. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Matt Rosendale. He serves on the House Committee on Veterans Affairs and the House Committee on Natural Resources. He represents the second district of the great state of Montana. Congressman Rosendale, what an honor always to see you. Welcome back to Washington Watch. My friend, if we'd had you on the floor today, there is no doubt in my mind we would have had one more vote for common sense and sanity on the House of Representatives to uh, pass the NDAA. Well, there's absolutely no doubt about that. I, you know, I miss many of the battles with you guys. But listen, first of all, let me start by genuinely and in as heartfelt a way as I know how to commend you and your Republican colleagues in the House for the amendments you put forth for passing this NDAA. Uh, congratulations to you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jody, I will tell you, this is basically what we saw play out this week was the byproduct of work that began back in January. When we started off the 118th Congress, a lot of people were very concerned about the debate and discussion that took place on the floor as we were trying to elect a, a new Speaker of the House. But what they did not understand was a lot of that was a debate about making sure that we were going to restore regular order to the House of Representatives so that every member had their voice heard so that every member was able to represent their constituents in a fair and equal fashion. And, and so what we saw play out this week was exactly that. I told the Democrats in the first week of January, I am trying to make sure that we have regular order, that we have open rules restored to the House of Representatives, because I know that our uh, agenda, our arguments for limited government, for personal responsibility, uh, for free markets, will win over on the open on the open field of play. Okay, on the open debate floor, and that's what we saw happen this week. When you have a good process, you end up with a good product. And there was nearly fourteen hundred amendments that were discussed, debated, and voted upon in some form or fashion throughout the week. And the common sense. And uh, good ideas of the uh, just people across our nation won out. The United States military Absolutely. is supposed to protect our country. And, and that's what we did. We deconstructed the largest social experiment that the left has been able to develop over the last two decades. It's called the United States military and restored their mission back to make sure that their focus is on protecting our country. Absolutely. Well, listen, I want to get to your amendment. You actually had one of those amendments that uh, that passed that we're so proud of. But before I get to yours, there was another big amendment that everyone was following. It was amendment number five from Congressman Ronnie Jackson to end the military's illegal abortion travel funding program. Uh, give me your thoughts on how important that particular amendment was. I am so proud of Representative Ronnie Jackson from Texas to have brought that amendment forward. Uh, the people across this nation do not believe the taxpayers' dollars should be used to fund abortions. 
not uh, or travel for abortions. And they had the Hyde Amendment, as you know, in for many years to make sure that that never happened. But unfortunately, the Democrat Party has gone so far to the left that they're trying to ignore law. They're trying to ignore statute and, and they're utilizing either executive orders or trying to put rules in place that contradict the statute that, that are promoting this. And that's where we have the Department of Defense. And unfortunately, the Veterans Affairs, uh, the Veterans Administration are utilizing these same practices to use a rule to allow for these dollars to be used to fund abortions. And uh, Representative Jackson's uh, amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act will make sure that that doesn't happen as we move forward. And I was very proud to, uh, to support that amendment. Well, you know, and we've had uh, Senator Tuberville on this program numerous times now. Of course, he's been taking all sorts of heat for standing for life over in the Senate and for putting a stop to a lot of uh, promotions in the military be until the administration quits this illegal funding. They do not have the right to legislate, and they can't change legislation with a memo, which is what they've done. So here, uh, I, I, we don't have time to get into this, but here's a, an easy solution to get over the Tuberville problem that the Biden administration sees, pass the NDAA that y'all just sent over to the Senate. Exactly. That'll, that'll take and care look, of all of us. Many of us have gone over to support uh, Senator Tuberville because we know he doesn't well, have know a you lot have. of support in the Senate. I know you have. All right, we've just got a couple of minutes left. You also had a, a, a very important amendment, uh, number 10. What do you Tell us real quickly about it. And what do you expect as that now goes to the Democratic okay, control? So my, my amendment will eliminate the ability for the military to fund transgender surgeries or transgender medications uh, so that people, uh, if they are in the United States military and they're not sure if they're a man or a woman and they want to have uh, this type of action taken, this procedure taken, they're going to have to pay for that out of their own pocket. I think that the, the, the very fact that someone is in the United States military and under the best of conditions, they don't know if they're a man or a woman, that's problematic. I cannot imagine under the pressures of war uh, what that person would react like. And, and again, uh, Jody, this goes to what does that mean to the rest of the troops that are there serving with them? What does that do to the recruitment efforts? And, and this is the first step towards making sure that, first of all, taxpayers aren't responsible uh, for these costs, which we have discovered, most of which is uh, – run up by psychotherapy after surgeries are taking place, not by the surgery itself, uh, demonstrating just how much of a problem these people have of coping with reality. Absolutely. Listen, we got about 30 seconds, so I need a pretty quick answer here. But uh, switching gears, FBI Director Christopher Wray was on uh, before the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, listen, how, how did the FBI become so partisan? Boy, it's 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 years of of uh, of cancer through that that organization, and I'm afraid we're going to have to uh, treat it three ways: uh, long, deep, and continuous cuts. Wow. Well, listen uh, again, Congressman Rosendale. Uh, hats off to you and your colleagues. What a fantastic job! I know you've got to be exhausted from the week that you've had, but all of us out we're ready. here, hats we're off ready. To you. We're fighting for the people. I know you are. God bless. Have a great weekend. Thank you for God joining bless us this you, evening. Jody. Thank you so much. All right, friends, coming up, why did the Montana State Library Commission remove itself from the American Library Association? Well, we've got happening uh, a lot right there, and hopefully a movement could be underway. Meg Kilgannon will be joining me right after this break to discuss. Stay tuned. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace 
their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be disciples their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host this Friday evening, Jody Heiss, and honored to have you with us. Well, we go from the representative from Montana to a big story coming out of Montana. The Montana State Library Commission voted this week to withdraw from the American Library Association. This is the first time that any state has ever withdrawn from this institution, which is nearly 150 years old now. So uh, why? Why take such a drastic step? Well, here's what the commission said about what they did. Quote, our oath of office and resulting duty to the Constitution forbids association with an organization led by a Marxist. What a huge statement. And friends, there is a lot to unpack there. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Educational Studies here at FRC. Meg, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you, Jody. Well, likewise, Meg. All right. Well, let's start, let's uh, let's start unpacking this. What a what a powerful statement they made. What's going on? Explain what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, isn't Montana setting an example for the rest of us, right, with with Matt Rosendale and, and the story? Um, so Montana, um, like you said, they they have the governor there is taking his role of appointing people to this board very seriously. They have a new person on the board, and he has made a case that uh, earned only one no vote. They They all agreed that they should leave the American Library Association and that the American Library Association has been on a leftward trajectory for quite some time. But there was a time in the United States when everyone agreed on certain values, but we maybe differed on how to achieve those goals. Today, we are living in a time where we do not agree on the goals. And so Montana is making a clear statement that they do not agree with the goals of an organization that's going to be led by a Marxist. And so they're pulling yeah, and their money and their brain power out of that organization. And I, yeah, I think it's great that they did. I, I do too, Meg. I think this is a tremendous thing. And I hope it actually is the beginning of a movement across the country. When they made their statement that, that their duty 
to the Constitution uh, that they they can't support an organization being led by a Marxist. The American Library Association appointed Emily Drabinsky as president, and in an interview, she stated that she was a Marxist lesbian and uh, that that worldview shapes a lot of the way she thinks and the way she wants to make a difference in the world. So she is outspoken in her position why why do you think i mean you said it that this is they they have been on a left leaning trajectory for a long long time and now they seem to have just gone fallen off the wagon why have libraries become such a fulcrum for these type of issues well it's part of the march through the institutions right and the agenda of marxists in particular to uh, since they are not going to be able to have a Marxist revolution of the workers in the United States because people like to have jobs and spend money on their families and have a, a wonderful standard of living. And the United States, for all of our problems, we have the highest standard of living in the world uh, for the most people. Um, they they know they're not going to be able to get us economically, so they have to work culturally. And so for the last, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, they've been doing that uh, since the, honestly, since the Russian Revolution in, in a way. Um, and so they are really about destabilizing society. And you can see this in all the reading materials that they recommend these days are attacking the nuclear family, attacking traditional values, insisting that only the new, newest and the latest is that what children should read, um, you know, rejecting the classics, rejecting Western civilization. I'm really, really glad that Montana did this. And I hope that like the wave that started with the National School Board Association, Montana is starting a wave of school board, of, of library boards across the country who are also gonna leave the American Library Association. Well, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I wanted us to discuss this. This is one of those stories that is extremely important, but hidden, like on page 20 or whatever, so to speak, of of, of the news media. And, you know, this, but this is a critical thing. And what's what's also very encouraging to me is not only did the Montana State Library Commission withdraw from the American Library Association, Association but the Montana School Boards Association has withdrawn from the National School Boards Association. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, wow, these people get it and they're taking action. Do you really think we have the potential of watching this become a movement across the country? I do think so, because parents more and more are seeing, there are a lot of parents who are engaged right now, but even the more moderate parents, the more peace-loving among us who, you know, I, I'm the first one in the fight usually, it's just how I am, but there are, you know, my <laughs> friends and neighbors are not as exercised about these kinds of things as I am, but even they are starting to admit that, you know, maybe, maybe Meg did have a point. Maybe maybe those people are onto something because this is really getting going too far. And when you see things like uh, this phenomenon of chest feeding and just things that are, are so offensive to average people, the Bud Light controversy and the fact that that brand is completely destroyed, uh, you know, people get it. People are awake, and they the the thing about this library th association is that. Most people are in the library with their kids. Their kids want to read a lot of right. books. They're expensive to buy, so you check them out of the library. And when you see this on offer at the library, it really causes you to take an assessment of what's happening in your community and get involved. So I hope it that really it will does. spur a nationwide movement. Well, I'm right there with you on that. Uh, listen, we've only got about uh, 30, 45 seconds here. Uh, switching topics real quickly. I saw a headline I wanted to throw your way and get your quick input about a, a middle and high school students in Seattle uh, that are now going to be receiving so-called gender-affirming care on their school campus. Real quickly, tell us about that. Well, the, the age of medical consent in Washington State is 13, 13 years old. So when you take your child to the doctor in Washington State and they're 13 years or older, the child is gonna be the one that's making the decision. And so this means that when you're gonna deliver services in a school setting, that that will be completely separated from parents. At least if you're taking your child to the pediatrician, you're in the room and you can be a part of the conversation, right? 
Um, but when you're at school, you're separated from your kids. So this is very dangerous. If you see this happening in your community, you really need to say, no, we're not doing that here. Gotta run, Meg Kilgannon, thank you so much. Great job, always great to see you. Thank All right, you, friends, Jody. coming up, the Louisiana State Legislature is set to return next week for a special session to override the governor's veto. That's coming your way right after this. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to have you joining us this evening. I'm your host, Jody Heiss, and we welcome you aboard in recent years, I think we all have seen, Christians have seen an accelerated assault, not just on our core beliefs, but on the very foundational principles that we believe individually and as a country. Well, now is the time for us to build up that foundation, to protect it. And we hope you'll join us to do just that, September 15th through 17th in Washington, D.C., for our Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. It's a national gathering of spiritually active governance and gave individuals, sage cons, we refer to them. Uh, registration is open. Friends, this is your opportunity to see, to hear, to meet some of the great leaders in our country who are standing in the gap for all of us and to find ways to personally get involved. We encourage you to register. We'd love to see you there. You can visit prayvotestand.org slash summit for details and to register, and we encourage you to do so. All right, let's get on with more of our program. Uh, as we discussed on Washington Watch uh, earlier, uh, Democrat Louise, or Louisiana governor, who is a Democrat, uh, John Bell Edwards recently vetoed HB 648, which would protect children from harmful and permanently life-altering gender procedures, including sterilization and mutilization. And uh, the, the governor also ignored the will of the people's elected representatives. The state Senate voted 29 to 10, and the state House vote was 71 to 24. It was bipartisan across the board, and the governor just uh, threw all of that away. Well, last night, uh, the Louisiana legislature decided to schedule a special override session for next week to enact the will of the people to protect children. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Gene Mills, is the president of the Louisiana Family Forum. Gene, always great to see you. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate all the good work y'all do. It's good to be with you. Well, well, listen, and likewise, we appreciate all the phenomenal work you do as well. 
All right, so let's talk about next week. What uh, do you think we can expect from the lawmakers there in Louisiana? I expect to frame the issue, number one, and the issue is framed this way. Are groomers' access to Louisiana children legislatively uh, granted or legislatively denied? And we're trying to communicate that across the state. And ironically, that was not our terminology. That was a Democrat House member who, in in Committee on Health and Welfare on May 2nd, cross-examined a detransitioner, and he asked her, do you feel like you were groomed? And she said, well, I wasn't going to use that term because it's so polarizing, but that's exactly what happened to me. I was on an anorexic uh, website or group talk, and some adult adult transitioners came in and explained to us and made us believe that the reason we can't handle food is because we're trapped in the wrong body. And that's how she was introduced to the surgeries and the hormone blockers. I expect that there's going to be no way that a Louisiana lawmaker who's running for re-election this fall can do other anything other than the right thing on this vote. Wow. Well, Gene, I certainly hope you're right with that. And there are many of us praying in that regard. Uh, this override session is a rare thing. I mean, this is not something that occurs very often. And with the rarity of it all is a, a weight of importance. Just how important is this override session, do you think? Well, it's only the second or third time that it's happened in some 30, 35 years. And it is rare because Louisiana's governor is probably the most powerful executive member amongst the, the 50 plus governors around the United States because they have the power to punish. They have the power of the line item veto. They got the power of removing things from the budget and also the trinkets that come with uh, boards and commissions being assigned to a gambling control board or board of supervisors over the university system. So for the outgoing lawmakers and about 30 percent are retiring because of term limits, they're going home. And his ability wow. to sway or influence is profound. But the lawmakers are resolved that this is too important. Uh, groomers are not welcomed. And harming children is not acceptable. It doesn't matter what title you bear. It's unacceptable. Absolutely. Well, listen, let's um, let's bring this down because all of us all across this country are keeping an eye on this situation. And again, we're so grateful for you coming on. But just a few days before this special section session occurs, uh, what is the action items for our viewers, our listeners right now, uh, both in Louisiana and across the country? I think I would remind everybody that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. And we need your prayers. That chamber needs to be filled. It needs to be the House and Senate sanctuary. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the covering and the infilling of prayer that's coming from around the country and in Louisiana is being invited. So we're calling our Louisiana friends, pastors particularly, and their congregants, concerned citizens, come to the Capitol. We're going to fill the place with prayer. The second thing we're going to do is respectfully request that lawmakers do the right thing. And we're going to do that in writing, person face-to-face, and through text messages and phone calls that day on the eve of the vote. And finally, we're encouraging people to communicate with their lawmakers prior to Tuesday at noon. That's now, between now and Tuesday at noon, it's time to talk and ring their bell. We've got the phone numbers up for that. The Senate number is 225-342-2040, and the State House number 225-342-6945. Gene, listen, thank you. We are grateful for you all that you do. Thanks for coming on Washington Watch this evening. God bless, Jody. I'll keep up the good work. Likewise, my friend. All right, Scott, Congressman Scott Perry, 40 years of military experience. We'll be talking more about the NDAA and why this is so monumental right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast 
to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742 and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch, and again, we do hope to see you at the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit coming up in September to restore the soul of our country. Jody Heiss with you this Friday evening. Hope you've had a fantastic week. All right, the National Defense Authorization Act is, you probably know by now, it's an annual must-pass order of legislation that Congress uh, has to do every year. Uh, And it establishes security priorities while at the same time, things like pay for the troops, uh, it sustains various Pentagon programs. Well, this year, the NDAA, uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives stood up to a left-wing agenda. uh, And the Republicans brought all sorts of amendments to the table to rid the military of a woke agenda that was being forced upon our military And yet coverage still from the legacy media has already spun all of this to try to imply that conservatives are the ones who have turned the NDAA into a partisan affair. But we are going to set the record straight on this program. Joining me now to discuss this and more, Congressman Scott Perry. He serves on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, as well as the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, and the uh, House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. But to me, he is chairman. He is the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, and we affectionately know him as the general. He represents the 4th Congressional District of the great state of Pennsylvania. Congressman, general, my friend, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you. Jody, it's it's great to be with you. Thank you for what you do. Of course, you know, look, we still miss you being here in Washington in the fight with us, but we know that you're in the fight anyhow, and that's a blessing from the good Lord. We just thank you for it. Well, thank you, um, Scott. I appreciate that. Well, listen, this NDAA, I know you've got to be exhausted. You guys, I know you've been (laughs) early days, late nights, all sorts of battles and debates, Uh, but walk us through, uh, first of all, let's kind of go through the history of the NDAA legislation, uh, which in recent years, has been walking down a path every year. 
of getting more and yeah. more woke. I know I voted against yeah. it many times. It just has been marching down this path. Give yeah. us a history of it. Yeah, it's one of the, as you, as you implied, a piece of must-pass legislation. It's where we determine the uh, how militarily we're going to secure our nation. And so that's why it's seen as must-pass. As you described, it pays the troop. It pays for all the Pentagon programs for the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Space Force, et cetera. And, uh, and so it's a, uh, it's, it's a pretty big piece of legislation that has a huge impact not only on our country, but internationally as well. And over the, you know, over the past decade or so, uh, you know, it was always assumed, no matter what your stripe in Congress, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, a liberal or a conservative, a libertarian, anywhere in between, that you were for the defense of the nation. But over the past, I would say, 10 years, certainly since uh, President Obama was in office, it has been used as a tool to um, for social engineering to establish another beachhead of this woke leftist agenda, and of course, it's one of the final frontiers. You know, the Marxist and the leftist and the and the, the people that are anti Christianity, anti God, have done the march through the institutions of government, through the boardrooms of of uh, business, and through the entertainment industry. Industry, and now they're. They're, they're assailing the, the police departments and law enforcement in general, and of course the military. And so what that looks like is, is that things that we would never have believed in the past were possible end up in this national defense authorization. Gender reassignment surgery paid for by the taxpayer for people in uniform, paying for abortions with money that should be authorized for defense in the Pentagon. And uh, and so even so, even though that was happening every single year, we probably see out of 435 members of Congress, three up to 350 or more people voting in favor of it, because even though they disagreed with many of these new policies that are leftist policies, they couldn't go home and say, I voted against, you know, supporting the troops, paying the troops, paying for our national defense. It's outlined in the Constitution. And even someone like me, who have served in uniform for over three decades, would still have to answer questions about that. But it had gotten so bad, Jody, as you know, that many of us Republicans just simply no longer could support it. Now, of course, we're in the majority. And uh, so we were expecting a strong, conservative, Republican uh, national defense authorization to come out of the House Armed Services Committee. And uh, but I will tell you that, uh, you know, these old habits die hard. And I think the goal was to get a bipartisan bill. And look, I think it's great if it's bipartisan, as you know, Jody, but we got to do the right thing first. That's what you do is the right thing. And then if the other party wants to come along, well, God bless them. That's awesome. But you have to do the right thing and hope they come along, not just do what they would do to get their votes, because if you do what they would do, we're going to keep the abortion policy. We're going to keep the gender reassignment policy. We're going to keep teaching our academy graduates or attendees critical race theory. Uh, and, and that all exists. And so once the bill came out of committee, there were 14, 1,500 amendments. And of course, from my viewpoint, and I think from yours, Jody, the bill was not acceptable for Republicans and certainly not for conservatives and not for God-fearing patriotic Americans who know that our we have a charge to defend our country, and and that's embodied in this uh, National Defense Authorization Act, not to use our military as a social experiment uh, to promote the leftist ideology. Uh, and, and so, um, so we went to work. That's what happened. We so went to work. Me, so, uh, outstanding historical context there, and. It has been one of those bills must pass. It's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse for yeah. years. But all that stopped this time around. And not because of necessarily those leading the Armed Services Committee, but there were a group of you, the House Freedom Caucus and some other members of Congress who drew a line in the sand saying, in essence, enough is enough. The purpose of our military is to be lethal. The purpose of our military is to defend our country. This is not a social experiment playground. 
And this right. time around, you guys pushed back, you guys being men and women who, who jumped into this battle and you turned things around. What was it like behind the scenes to make this happen this week? Well, of course, it was very unpleasant. They moved the bill out and then uh, they had all these amendments. And of course, uh, the leadership didn't want to entertain any of these amendments. And they said, you know, we can't have them. And and we said, look, we're not voting for the bill. If you're going to support abortion with taxpayer money in in the National Defense Authorization Act, you're not going to get my vote. And of course, their answer was, well, if we amend that, if we change that, we lose all the Democrat votes and we can't get enough Republican votes to uh, uh, to pass the bill. And it's a must pass bill. And so what are we going to do? And we said, look, do the right thing and trust us. As long as you make the bill good enough and that abortion policy, stop this transgender policy, stop the woke policy, the the Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, stop the critical race theory training. Let those amendments not only come to the floor, but work to pass them. Work to pass them. We will come along with you and vote for a good bill. And if no Democrats vote for it, well, that's unfortunate, but there will be enough of us that we will help you pass this bill. And that's what happened. Look, they were very, very concerned and the pressure was on. They were very unhappy. They were very late nights. Um, there was a question whether the bill would even come to the floor. And it was... Um, you know, you're up till two, three in the morning and then back up at uh, six thirty back at it. Tempers, tempers were flaring and, and the temperature was high. Of course, it's it's July in Washington, D.C. It's the swamp, as you know, Jody. Um, but we stayed after it and we stayed uh, faithful to our mission. Um, and, and, and look, we did get at least one Democrat to vote for it, which so that means it's bipartisan. And uh, and we didn't have to compromise our principles. The bill's not perfect. Uh, there was still some uh, heartburn over funding for the war in Ukraine in our National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, and uh, but no, as you know, Jody, no bill is perfect. But getting that life provision and 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 stripping out the transgender uh, the gender reassignment surgery on the back of taxpayer. Uh, uh, dollars where people find that morally objectionable was the primary goal. And we succeeded. And so I think we do have to take a victory lap here. This is not just a bill that's okay. And it's not just a bill that holds the line. It's a bill that reclaims conservative, biblical, biblical moral territory for our country. And that's important. That's right. And in so doing, it it reestablishes a benchmark of what we believe as a nation, what we right. believe as a party, what we believe as Americans. And I, I must confess to you, I'll tell you what, as this was unfolding throughout the week, I, sitting on the outside now, was looking in saying, it's same old, same old. This thing's going to be filled with garbage, and people are going to be <laughs> feel like they're forced to vote for it. And it, as things started unfolding yesterday, Scott, I got to tell you, I just— I could not believe some of the amendments that were coming to the floor that were passing, and right. it just—I I was shocked with it all. Let me hit on this. I got so much I want to cover with you, uh, President Biden. Yesterday, uh, uh, yet again, attacking uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville uh, as he's uh, standing up against the DOD's unlawful abortion policy. Here's what he had to say. Play clip six, please. The idea that we're injecting into uh, fundamental foreign policy decisions, what in fact, as a domestic social debate on social issues, is bizarre. I don't ever recall that happening, ever. And it's, 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 it's just totally irresponsible in my view. But it is well, the Jody, Biden administration that's injected all of this. Give me your, well, your of response. Of course they... The, the left, you know, the Biden administration has put it on turbocharge, but the left has been injecting this now for decades. And and when he says, I don't remember, of course, it, look, he's President Biden. I'm not sure he even remembers he's president. But the last time this was done, it was done by a Democrat holding up uh, over a thousand of, uh, of flag officer nominations. So, look, one of the things that we were concerned about Good is point. that the amendment would the amendment would come to the floor and some of our colleagues and Republican colleagues wouldn't vote for it, and we would lose and undercut Senator Tuberville. And we were so very, very concerned about that. We went to our colleagues that uh, on the Republican side that we were worried that they'd not be able to vote for it. 
and uh, and assured them that that if they would help us, that we would help them pass this the, the bill entirely. But we needed them to to come first, and and we wanted to be good to our word. Look, Tom, Senator Tuberville is doing the Lord's work, standing out there on his own for these innocent babies. And and what we wanted to let him and the world know is, is you've got reinforcements on the House side. Where are the other senators out there standing with Senator Tuberville? That's and now that they know that we're here, I hope to see more. I hope so as well. Um, well, listen, you you had a fantastic press conference again for that as yeah. well. The press conference y'all had today was fantastic. And one of the things, several of you made some outstanding comments, but one of the things that you said in particular just resonated with me. In essence, you said the military does not exist for its members to find themselves. This is not a place for people. To, this is not a place for people to come to decide whether or not they're a man or a woman. All right, that those are de right. decisions that need to have already been made. Uh, but you said the military is for those who are fit to serve, and it requires a rigorous life of sacrifices. Expand more on this whole thing with a question that was was asked. I thought your response was phenomenal. Well, it, it, it is a rigorous life, and, and you are there to serve. And, of course, many people do want to serve in the military. And, you know, I was blessed. I was able to follow my dream and do a, do a lot of flying in, in the Army. But, you know, people that have type 1 diabetes can't serve. People that are allergic to bee stings can't serve because we can't care for them out on the battlefield. People that have an incorrect sitting height might be not be able to do some job. So, the point is, is that the military has standards which maximize our efficiency and our performance because it's a dangerous profession. And we want to make sure as many people come home safely after doing a very dangerous and oftentimes unpalatable job. Um, and so even though you might want to serve, uh, if it, 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 you know, the military's needs come before your needs. I often say when your needs line up with the military's needs, that's great. But if they don't, the militaries and our national defense comes first. And so these folks that want to come in and get gender reassignment surgery, that's a personal need. That's elective surgery. We don't, the military doesn't pay for that, those in any other case because we have a finite budget. We've got a lot of things to cover. We've got troops to pay and equipment to buy and to keep up with our adversaries. And if you want to do those things, if you want to, to get your nose reconfigured in the military, well, as long as it doesn't imperil your ability to deploy and go fight for your country, and as long as you're willing to pay for it, I imagine you can do that. But you, but otherwise, it's not the taxpayer's job to do that for you. Let and me we interrupt need you, you right on there. Mission. Let me interrupt you there, Chairman. I want to play one more clip and get your response yeah. to this. I wish we had more time, but I'm only going to have about 30 seconds for you to respond okay. to this. Uh, play clip four, please. One of the amendments deals with the DOD subsidizing transgender care. Why do you think that needs to be something the DOD subsidizes? What's your justification for that versus it being something that's an elective surgery? We have to take a step back and look at the totality of the United States military and its readiness. And I believe that the Department of Defense has made the appropriate decision in its totality that every single segment of society should be welcome. No. <laughs> Literally 15 no. seconds, 15 seconds. No, he, quick reply. He, 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 he doesn't get it, uh, Jody. It's not about every segment of society. It's about those who can perform the mission. There are many segments that are no, they're not, it's, it, we're not mad at them. God bless them. We love them. But you don't belong in the military because you can't do the job. We're not mad at you. Gotta leave it's it just there. the way it is. God bless you. Got to leave it there. Thank you, Congressman Scott Perry, Chairman, House Freedom Caucus. Friends, that's all the time we have today. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. God bless you. We'll see you next week here on Washington Watch. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.